we are in our series, I Have a Savior. I said to you last week that uh, sometimes people will hear a song and they'll remind you of what the song said. Remember, you know, what, what the song said, that's, that's, and they're trying to make a point, and they're talking Scripture, and sometimes songs don't line up with Scripture. Well, I, I'm not, I didn't title this series after the song. I took what the song said and make sure that it lined up with the Word of God. Amen? Amen? But I'm telling you today, I have a Savior. How about you? Yes. Amen? Say it. Say it again. You and I have a Savior that has set us free. And I shared with you last week, and, and it's important that we see it like this, that Christmas time, <clears throat> the focus is on the birth of Jesus and how grateful are we concerning the birth of Jesus, how grateful that we are that Mary said, according to your word, let it be. Amen? Let it be so according to your word. How grateful today that we are that Mary made that choice. How grateful that we are that, that Jesus was conceived without the sperm of man. He was conceived by the sperm of God. How grateful. How grateful for the manger, for all, everything about the birth of Jesus, everything that happened as a result of that birth. But you can't separate the birth from the life. You can't separate the life from the decision to die. You can't separate the birth from the death the burial, the resurrection, the, the ascension, the sitting down at the right hand of the Father. It's a package deal because it was a plan. And last week I read to you a number of verses of Scripture, and I want to read one of them again today uh, as we go a little bit farther. But in um, 1 Peter 1 and verse 18, and I'm reading this out of the New Living Translation, and it says, you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold and silver which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ. The sinless, spotless Lamb of God. And watch this. God chose Him as your ransom long before the world began. God chose the conception, the life, the conception, the birth, the life. He chose to set it up for, he, for him to have to make a decision. You remember in the garden, Jesus said, Lord, if there be any other way, yet not my will, but yours be done. The ultimate act of submission to do what the Father's will, not what He wanted. All of this was accomplished 
And the plan was already set up before Adam and Eve. You know why? Because man needs a Savior. I have a Savior. My goodness, do I have a Savior. And my Savior saved me. Adam and Eve couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle the pressure, the temptations that came to them. They gave into it. And so we blame Adam and Eve and all that kind of stuff. And I've heard people say, you know, I'm going to have a long talk with him. Ah, shut up. Have a long talk with him when I get to heaven? No. They couldn't handle it. You know why? They needed a Savior. Because if that's not true, then why would God set it up before them for this whole thing? plan was already made. Amen. He's my Savior. Now you think about it. You think you and I face anything today that's bigger than that plan? That plan was created and formed and set in place before anything else ever happened. Father, Word and Holy Spirit got together, decided, they got in agreement, this is the way it's going to be, and this is the way it's going to happen. And then, creation that we know of, where this planet is concerned, at least in the last 6,000 plus years, he set it up, and it said here, he chose you. Now, there's something in the song, I Have a Savior, there, there's, a, there's a sentence in that song that says, I was made for you. And I shared a little with, with you about this last week, and I want to just reiterate some of the things that I said as I give you a couple more things this week. I was made for Him. He was made to redeem me, and I was made for that redemption. He was made to redeem you before you were, before you were even thought about, before mankind was even created. Did, did we read that right? He chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But now in these last days, he has, revealed, he has been revealed for your sake. I have a Savior. You have a Savior. And before all that happened, he was established and created so that when I was created, I was created for him. And I'll say it like this. I was created to need him. I need him greatest revelation that I've ever gotten in my life, ever, ever, bar anything else, is I need His help. And the helper, the Holy Spirit, that's His name, He lives inside of me. My help is inside of me. And as revelation comes from the Word, He's able to talk to me and reveal things to me that I need to know that's all part of this redemptive plan. And this redemptive plan 
all started before the foundation of the world. It didn't start with the manger. It didn't start with the conception. It started before the foundation of the world. That's why this year, as we're talking about this, you can't just read the Christmas story and stop with it. You, 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 can't, you can't, during Easter time, you can't talk about the resurrection and leave out the beginnings. It's a package deal. I have a Savior. Say it again. What's He saved you from? I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. I don't care what you need to be saved from today. He saved you. He didn't just save me from my sins. He saved me from sickness and disease. If I'm saved, I'm healed. That's what the Word says. If I'm saved, I'm delivered. That's what the Word says. Then it takes faith in Him to learn how to receive what He did for us because He saved me. He delivered me. He healed me. He's advanced me. He's given me wisdom and understanding. I don't have to live in this life like I have no help. He's here to help me. He told his disciples, I'll send you the helper, the Holy Spirit. He'll come in my name and he will help you with anything and everything that you need. Today we're set up, folks. And we need to be reminded. I'm teaching this and ministering this to you because you and I need to be reminded we have a Savior. In the song that we sang today, I have a Savior. In the chorus, it says, you're my, you're my future and you're my hope. You're the anchor of my soul and I was made for you. <clears throat> I want to read to you a number of verses of Scripture in the Old Testament of prophecy about the fact that He would come. Men of God that prophesied way ahead of time, thousands of years before, that He would come and that He would accomplish all of those things. And what He accomplished, just for the sake of this message today, what He accomplished for me was my future. My future is in His hands. Now listen to me. But my future in His hands is determined by how I accept my future in His hands. Allowing Him to reveal to me daily, show me daily what he, His plan is for me, not me trying to figure my plan out. That's what the conception and the birth and the life and the death and the burial and the resurrection and the ascension and the sitting down at the right hand of the Father has accomplished. My future. It says, He is my hope. We're not talking about things that are statements that, where you hear people say, well, is this going to happen? Well, I hope so. That's not hope. That's doubt and unbelief. That's not really believing that God can do what God said He could do. After 25 years and all the things that Abraham went through, he came to a place, and it says in the New Testament in Romans chapter 4, Abraham came to a place 
or he was convinced. There are many things that Abraham did through his life. Doubt, and unbelief, and fear, and murder, and, and adultery. and I mean, there's all kinds of things in Abraham's life. But after 25 years of development and staying with God in his word, he came to a place where he was convinced that God was able to do exactly what he said he would do. And that's where you and I have to come to in our lives. We have to come to a place where we're convinced that what God has promised, he is able to perform. Can you say amen? And in the song it says that he's the anchor of my soul. He's the anchor of my soul. Think about that in the verses of Scripture I'm fixing to read to you. And as I've just repeated to you again, I was made for him. These four statements I spent when I first heard this, when I first heard this song several months back, I spent time on these statements because, see, it can't be what the song says. It's got to be what the word says. And is what the song's saying, can I line it up with the word? And so I spent considerable time looking in Scripture to see if these statements were, were statements of truth. And I found it throughout Scripture, many, many, many different Scriptures, and I'm just going to read a couple of them to you today. He's my future. He's my hope. He's the anchor of my soul. When you see the manger scene, so thankful in our city that at the courthouse on this side of the courthouse this year, on the Sydney Baker side, we have our manger scene out here. How, how many like that? Amen? I love it. I love it. But when you see that manger scene, you remember what that produced for you were the statements that I'm giving you today. Many, 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 many more things. But I want to focus on these four. Your future, that you would have hope where you'll, the Bible says, a hope that never disappoints, ever that he's the anchor of your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions, and that you were made for him. He was made to redeem you, and you were made to need his redemption. Woo! Glory to God. So I want to read two passages, one in Isaiah 9 and one in Isaiah 11. And in Isaiah 9 and verse 2 it says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. This is Isaiah prophesying of those who walked in darkness for 400 years. He said they've seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Verse 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I'm going to read those again. And his name, his name will be called, his name has been called, his name is. Isaiah was prophesying and declaring what his name is. In the name of Jesus, we have wonderful things. In the name of Jesus, we have counsel and wisdom and understanding. In the name of Jesus, our mighty God works on our behalf. Can you say amen to that? 
We have an everlasting Father that's from everlasting to everlasting. He's the same yesterday, He's the same today, and He's the same tomorrow. That's the Father we have because of the name of Jesus. And He's the Prince of Peace. In the Scripture, Jesus said before His death, He said, when I leave here, it will benefit you and profit you because I'm leaving you my peace. His peace. The peace that we draw from when we need peace in difficult situations is the peace of God. And it's a peace that's been tested and tried. The chastisement of our peace was on Him. By His stripes, we're healed and healthy and whole. As we read these, I see my Savior in all of this. The child that was born. He said, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. See, what was given was what the Word was. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So the Word became flesh. The Word became the Son. And the Son had a name, and that name is above every name, and that name, when we declare that name, we see in these prophecies thousands of years ahead of time, or or before, that He's wonderful, He's the counselor that you need, He's the Prince of Peace, He's the mighty God, He's the everlasting Father, and of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. That's how he's the anchor of your soul. Listen to me. We live in a world and a society today. We live in an information highway that is inundating us with all kinds of information trying to convince us that things in the natural out there are bigger than the God that we serve. Did you you just hear what I read you? Who he is? He's everything you and I need. He's, he's wonderful. He's the counselor. He, he's mighty beyond might and ability. He's father forever. All the things that you and I need in this life, I don't care what it is. I don't care what it appears to be like. He's all of that already. And who is that? That's my Savior. <laughs> That's my Savior. That's the one that saved me has delivered me, has healed me, he set me free. See, all the things that he's already done, people say, yeah, but, you know, Pastor, why isn't that working for more and more people? Because the church's responsibility is not to play games. The church's responsibility is to get revelation in the hearts of people. Because when revelation is developed, when you begin to know who you are in Him, who He is to you, you begin to see Him truly as your Savior, not just somebody that you asked to come and live in your heart one time and now out of sight, out of mind, He's becoming more real today than He's ever been. See, He's becoming the counselor to where you don't have to get 15 ideas from 15 different people about what's right. You find it in the Word, it becomes revelation. We need help from people, everybody does. But ultimately, he wants you weaned from depending on people to where you depend on him. Did you hear what I said? As you grow and you develop in life, that's what he's looking for. It'll never come without revelation. We've got to believe that this Savior 
really saved us, really delivered us, really set us free. Watch this. It says, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forevermore. Then in Isaiah 11 and verse 1, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. That's David's father, King David's father. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Watch this. The spirit of wisdom and understanding is going to rest on who? My Savior. It's on him. Now watch this. Spirit of counsel and might. Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness he will judge the poor and decide with equity the, we, the, the meek of the earth. I want, to read that. I want to back up and read that again. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he will not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. If you don't get anything today, I want you to get this. Now you'll get everything you need. You'll get it all. Whatever you need, you'll get. But I want you to get this. Spirit of the Lord is on him. The fear of the Lord is on him. It was what was prophesied. It was on him. And when he left here, he gave us the same spirit that raised him from the dead. Spirit of the Lord, the spirit of might was on him. And what he developed into as a man... All man, all God, but he was a man. What he developed into was living a life that judged nothing by the sight of his eyes or the hearing of his ears. Listen to me. My four statements from the song, you're my future. If you're moved by what you see with your eyes and hear with your ears, if you're moved by other information than his information, your future's bleak. You're my hope. If you're moved by what you see with your eyes and hear with your ears, hope is diminishing. Having real faith and confidence that God will do what he said he'll do will diminish when you're moved by what you see and what you hear. You're the anchor of my soul. When my soul is renewed by the word of God and I know the things that I'm talking to you today, And I learn every day and I develop every day in my life not to be moved by what I see or moved by what I hear, only moved by the Word of God. When I develop that in my life, then my soul becomes anchored to Him. Did you hear what I said? See, a lot of people want to leave everything to God. There's a real danger in it. You say... So we're we're not supposed to cast our care onto God? I didn't say that. You're supposed to cast your care. You're supposed to trust Him. You're supposed to put your faith in Him. Not leaving everything that is your responsibility to Him. My responsibility is not to go back to the cross, not to make things happen. My responsibility is to learn how to receive what He did for me. And when I'm putting all the responsibility on Him... 
to make things work in my life when he's already done all he's going to do for me. I just have to learn how to receive that. And the way you accomplish that is what was on him. Spirit of might and power, not judging anything in life by what he saw with his eyes or what he heard with his ears. And the last part of that verse says, it ends with, and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins and faithfulness the belt of his waist. Everything, listen to me, everything that my Savior did for all of humanity, what he did for me and all of humanity, what he did was not because heaven didn't have anything better to do. What Jesus accomplished, he accomplished for man so that man could do what he did in the earth. That's the reason that the Word had to become flesh. If the Word stayed the Word, then it, would, it could have never been accomplished. But the Word had to become flesh so that flesh could, could operate in Him and He overcome every situation in life so that He could empower us with the same Spirit that controlled and, and operated in Him He could give that to us so that what he accomplished, we could now accomplish it in his power and ability and what he did for us. And I'm just telling you, for a lot of people, that's hard to accept and to receive. I'm telling you today, you have to accept it. You have to accept him as your savior, but everything that goes with that. My responsibility is not to labor in life to accomplish things in my own ability. My responsibility in life is to learn how to hear His voice. So it's not because of how good I become. I'm a, I'm a faith man. Oh, shut up. Yes, we're developing faith. And yes, there's nothing wrong with being encouraged that you're overcoming things and all that. But you can't get in pride ever thinking it's because of you. You have to be confident that your faith is in what He did. The faith that overcomes the world is our faith in the fact that He overcame. He's my Savior. God God loved me so much that He gave the best of heaven. And then the Holy Spirit through the angel of God came to Mary I, I got to read this verse but I don't have it so I'm going to have to find it hold on can, can you put up Luke 138 in the uh, NIV Let's see if I can get there I got to read this. Got it? That's not the one I'm looking for. 
Allah. Yes, I am. I'm looking for 37 in the NIV. Can you give me that? Thank you. That's exactly what I was looking for. No word from God will ever fail. <laughs> That's my Savior. It's because of my Savior. <laughs> no word from God will ever fail. Verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Wow. So thankful that the Holy Spirit ministered to her and she did what was said. Amen. The outcome with Mary was totally different than the outcome of Zachariah. 16-year-old girl, no reason she should have believed. But she believed. There's times when you don't think you have the faith to overcome. I'm telling you, you got it. It's inside of you. Let it happen. Not be moved by what you see, not moved by what you hear, but moved by the fact that no word from God. If God said it, it's a done deal. Can you say amen? amen. Today, I want you to think about these two things. Before the foundation of the world, he was. And the plan for his birth was established then. He became our Savior, our redemption, then. Not when he died, then. Because, see, everything in God is established internally by revelation and then what he says comes to pass no word from God will ever fail that's what he's building inside of you and I is that we're not just people that throw out a bunch of words but we're people that believe that what we say is going to come to pass because what we say is what he says is so huge difference <clears throat> and you and I were made for that redemption plan we were made for that. We were made for what he accomplished. I and you, we all need him. Amen? He's empowered us to believe him and to believe his word. He's empowered us for that. Not just know about him, but believe him and believe that what he says is true. No word from God will ever fail.